0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Welcome to this episode of Belize in Grizzlies. I have with me now is CJ Hurt. He's a producer over at Grind City Media. How you doing, CJ? I'm
0: good, Sharon. I'm good. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it.
1: So we're going to do an icebreaker. What about them game, game seven from last night? Ooh,
0: oh, they, were <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were horrible. They were they were surprisingly bad games. And to to me, the, the two teams that I picked to advance to the, the NBA finals were the Suns and the Bucks. And hell, they both went out yesterday. So I won two. Uh, thrilled about the outcome of the games. But, uh, again, you had the Bucs who, going in the halftime, it was a 2.3-point game, mm-hmm. something like 42-45, 43-45, something like that. And then for them to have that second half where the Celtics just really turned it on and pulled away from them in the third quarter, and there was nothing that the Bucs could, could do to answer it, that kind of sucked. Um, then you think about it, in both the Bucs and the Suns' uh, case, they were both up 3-2. Mm-hmm. With, with two chances to get one the Bucks had a chance in game six to get one at home and were unable to do so then they go back to Boston um and they fall there at the at the garden and then in the case of the Suns you got two games to get one with game seven being on your home court and you go out there and you don't crack 30 what, in, what? in the first half or something like that like that's that's uh, that surprising, shocking that the Suns, the best team in NBA uh, this season, in basketball this season, shocking that they went out like that to Luca and the Mavs.
1: Right. But the thing about it is at least the Bucs put up a look fight. Like, oh, man, <laughs> I don't know what the fun- the Suns did. I was just like, wow.
0: They didn't do anything.
1: <laughs> I mean, because like when I saw that Luca has 27 points and the Sun has 27 points, I was like, wow.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess that's rough. You're not going to win it. If you're the Suns, if you anybody, your three best players can't get their first bucket with like five minutes left in the second quarter. and You expect to win that game. That, that's just not going to happen. And listen, Hubie Brown used to say it, and people quote Hubie about this all the time. Hubie said, you know, there's, there's 82 games in a season, in a regular season. Ten of those games, you're going to be unbeatable. No matter what the other team does, you're going to win 10 of those games. Now, 10 of those games, no matter what happens, you're going to lose no matter what. It's just one of those things where you guys just don't have it. Shots are going to rim out. Loose balls aren't going to bounce your way. That type of stuff. You can't get too high on the 10 that you win. You can't get too low on the 10 that you lose. Now, that is for regular season. It's not supposed to be game seven Mm -hmm. with your season on the line. You're the number one overall seed. And you going out there having one of those games that, oh, oh, well, well, the ball's not bouncing our way. We're, we're just gonna have to eat this L today. No, that's not supposed to happen. Especially not to, to the Phoenix Suns, who again were the best team in basketball this
1: year. So I mean, but well, I mean, they are like they was, you know, in the regular season, the seven games of 82.
0: I'm saying <laughs>
1: <laughs> not game you seven going to that. the Western Conference, Western, Western Conference Finals. Luka and the
0: Mavs are, are fighting for their lives. They are they are fighting for their careers. And the Suns are out here like, oh, it's just another day in the park. It's just another game. Like, no, it can't be that. that that's why it was so shocking and so surprising. The games were, and it's not often that I say, like, yo, know, those were bad games. But the results were really, really surprising. Right. Usually it's bad games and we know what, what's going to happen. Usually a team that's supposed to beat the hell out of somebody goes out there, beats the hell out of them. And we call it a day, especially in the NBA, where there's you don't get a whole lot of of these types of duds in the playoffs that lead to a team advancing in a single elimination tournament. Think about March Madness. Think about uh, the NFL and how they do their playoffs. It happens sometimes where the team that was more consistent throughout the course of the year was the better team throughout the course of the year. They is just not their day. It's not their night. And so they end up getting bounced early to a lesser opponent. But in the NBA, it's seven games. So usually the best team in that series wins that series because you got to lose four times. And Phoenix somehow found a way to lose four times. Now the Bucs is, again, they, they're dealing with, don't want to make excuses for anybody because injuries are a part of basketball. Mm-hmm. But with no Middleton out there for them, they just didn't have anybody to close out games. Somebody who could create a shot on the perimeter in the mid-range game. And somebody who could probably help you defend Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum a bit more um, because of his size. So they're, they're missing that. And they, you know, they put up a great fight that that boss. There's no shame in the way to me, the Bucks ended up going out. There is a bit of shame in the way the, the Phoenix Suns went out because they, they were so dominant, so efficient throughout the course of the year. I would have expected them to be able to handle uh, Luka Doncic in the, in the Mavs, but they they just didn't.
1: Right, and, and- Speaking about injuries, I feel like the Grizzlies probably would have beat Golden State if Ja had Ja Morant not been injured. That's yeah, the way I feel. I, I mean, because like that game four, had he been there, they more than likely could have won since they, you know, and then I feel like they could have won game six. It could have went either way. I basically thought the grizzlies was gonna win that series in seven. But it's, things it's happened. One of
0: the- Things happen injuries. I'm not the type because of all of the injuries that have come in playoffs past, Mm
1: -hmm. right?
0: From Isaiah Thomas in the 80s going down with that high ankles run. Well, he's not going down. He played, he ended up dropping 20 plus in the fourth Mm -hmm. quarter after sustaining it. But in the next game, he just didn't have it. You know, Kawhi Leonard with the Spurs that year, killing the Warriors. Kawhi go down injured in game one. Warriors come back and sweep that series. Speaking Mm -hmm. of the Warriors and Kawhi the Kawhi got a championship in Toronto in part because the Warriors were down Kevin Durant and Klay right. Thompson. So in injuries happen any given year in the NBA playoffs because they put their bodies through so much 82 regular season games, plus at least 16 playoff games, your bodies are going to break down a bit. So I don't want to get into the, Hey, if this guy was here and wasn't injured, then, you know, maybe the, the, this team would have won, but to your point, Sharon, Yeah, John's a difference maker. And in those two games, in game four and game six, you needed somebody to bring it all home. You needed somebody to go out there and close the game for you. And John Morant is that. And we saw him do it throughout the course of the season. We saw him do it a couple of times in the playoffs Mm -hmm. where it's the, the fourth quarter. It's five, six minutes left. And it's a back-and-forth game, and you need somebody to say, no, enough of this back-and-forth. When when I get it, I'm going to score. We're going to get a stop. I'm going to score again. And we're going to pit this thing away and not give them any sort of life. And right. John Moran is that dude. I forget which game he had the last 15 points of the quarter, uh, but he did that. You think that about was, game one? Which game, Shan?
1: I think that was uh, game two against was the Warriors. Two? Yeah, game two against okay. the Warriors. I think he I scored all, 18
0: uh, points in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Yeah, that that's it. That's it. All these damn playoff games are running together for me now. It's all of I know. I know. <laughs> but but he did it also. He did it in the, the Timberwolves series. and don't forget mm-hmm. game one of, of the Warriors series. That's a John Morant layup away right. from, from being a win also. And, and having that dude, a dude who can go out. Everybody's not blessed to have a closer. You know, everybody doesn't have that player. Everybody and every player doesn't have that in them. And it's a lot like in Major League Baseball. It's baseball season right now, early in their regular season. And they have pitchers who come in and close out games. They have closers. You know, imagine what the New York Yankees would be if Mariano Rivera wasn't taking the mound in the in the ninth inning. You know, and John Morant is, is a bit of that also, where with the game on the line, Ja Morant's going to be the one to go out there and bring it home. So having Ja out there uh, would certainly have helped the the Grizzlies. It did hurt them, but listen, there's no shame in this team uh, going out there and they fought. They fought the Golden State Warriors. They fought a really good good opponent without their best player. Mm-hmm. There's no shame in in going out in six in the second round if you're the the Memphis Grizzlies. Not to me.
1: Yeah. So so how would you access – the season that the Grizzlies
0: had? Um, so for me, yo, this, this was phenomenal. Exceeded all my expectations. And I'm not the type to, uh, and maybe I should be, but I'm, I'm not. Once I set the expectations at the start of the year, mm-hmm. that's what the expectations are going to be. I'm not going to uh, recalibrate. And at the start of the year, I say, yo, if they can get into the playoffs, not the play in so if they can find a way to get that sixth seed, then you know it'll be it'll be a good good year. Find a way to get a six seed, win a couple of games in the playoffs, not even win a series, just win a couple of games. And I think you you count that as a win given how young this team is. And for them to go out there and have the second best record, not in not just in the West, but in the NBA, um, after dealing with all of the the COVID situations, which everybody was dealing with and dealing with all of the inju- injuries that they had to deal with. Um, for them to go out there and secure the second-best record in the NBA and win a playoff series and come pretty damn close to to advancing to the Western Conference Finals, right. to me, I think that that is a great year. If I had told anybody that in August, I think most most Grizzlies fans would have said, "Yep, sign us up for that right now." Now, where I differ from from others is right around February, it felt like, "Uh oh." we might need to expect more from what this team is capable of doing. It might not be far-fetched or out of the realm of possibility to expect this team to get to a Western Conference
1: Mm -hmm. uh, Finals.
0: Um, And so a lot of people, not a lot, but some folks changed their expectations for this Grizzlies team right around then. I I didn't, again, just get to the playoffs, win a couple of games, and it was all gravy to me. And they exceeded that because they got the two seed, They won a playoff series. Mm -hmm. They won a couple of games in the second round. And they were within a block shot, a three-minute collapse in game three, or excuse me, in game four, and a five-minute breakdown in game six away from from winning that series without uh, John Morant. So, yo, this this was a really, really good season. And I think we'll, we'll point to this year. All these teams, every NBA team has to go through every great one has to go through a bit of an adversity. They have to, to fall down a bit in the playoffs and, and scrape themselves, may, metaphorically speaking, before they they get over that hump. And every one of them points to a specific series. Like, aha, right here is when we knew we could be special. And I think when it's all said and done, maybe next year or the year after that, the year after that, five years down the line, whenever, all of us media members like you and I, shy, And Grizzlies fans will be able to stop and point and say, hey, we knew this Grizzlies team was tough when they did this against the Warriors Mm -hmm. without John Morant.
1: Right. Okay, so let's go to the offseason. So what do you think they're going to do? Because I heard um, Clonin say yesterday that, you know, they're not going to shy away of spending money. And we heard 12 said that John Morant, that you know Memphis is home, and you know, asked you know he said the question is, do I want to be in Memphis? And He said hell yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's hmm. a great answer, by the way. Just hell, hell yeah, hell yeah. Next yeah. It
0: was it was a great moment. Um, right, right.
1: I mean, I he, he, he he asked asked the question and answered it. You know, he said, "That's the question." I was like, "Oh, okay, John."
0: <laughs> That's why he fits Memphis so well, man. Right? The, the excitement and the the love of Memphis that he has um, is something that is endearing. And again, there are a lot of franchises across sports, but we'll just stick in the NBA that would love to have a player with that type of commitment level to the to the franchise and to the city. And be one of the faces of the league. The Grizzlies really got lucky and and picking up uh, Ja in the second in the second pick of the first round. Excuse me. Um, so what do I expect them? I expect them to do their best to get Ja signed uh, to that rookie extension, whatever that. Now what that number looks like, I leave that to capologists like Peter Edmondston.
1: Right. I don't <laughs> I don't
0: deal with the cap. But what as much as you can pay him, the Grizzlies uh, should pay him that. And they will pay him that, excuse me, to try and keep him around. Because, again, there's teams have been waiting decades for what what John Morant is. The Magic have been waiting decades. The Kings, the Pacers have been waiting decades. The the Pistons, decades for what John Morant is and what John Morant brings to your your franchise and to to your franchise's roster. And so it's, it's it's not a whole lot of those in the NBA. I it know. might be 12 to 13 players like that in the NBA. And some of them play on the same teams. And so, like, if you've got one, you need to keep it. And John Morant is, is one of those. So I expect the Grizzlies to absolutely break their bank, your bank, my bank, everybody damn bank to try and keep John Morant around.
1: So do you think that the Grizzlies will – well, I know it's not up to the Grizzlies. It might not be. But do you do you think Ty Jones will stick around or you think maybe he would uh try to get a starting job somewhere?
0: See, that's now that's where it gets really interesting because with Tyus, right. and I'm I'm gonna throw Kyle Anderson in there too. Right. I'm I'm not sure of um, what what that looks like. Um yeah. and so I know Tyus is good enough to to start. Tyus and Kyle would both Mm -hmm. like to, you know, make money. And I think they they both earned uh, a bit of an increase in in pay. But now are you going to take that bump in pay to go, like I'm I'm just throwing teams out there, like if you're ties, are you going to take a a bump up in in pay to go play for the Wizards? Are you going to maybe not get paid as much to stay a part of a winning culture in Memphis? And that's Mm -hmm. where culture comes in and is a big part uh, of this also, where, hey, maybe we don't, and the Grizzlies, to their credit, as a franchise, if it's a player that's been on the roster that they've wanted to keep, they've managed to keep that player here. Um, yeah. And so if, if Tyus wants to stay, they'll, they'll find a way to make the dollars and cents work. And I'm, I'm not trying to be in billionaire owners' pockets, but, yo, you may look may have to look at this if you're, you're robert para and in, in mm-hmm. the, the managerial team and say yo we may want to go into luxury tax with this team we we may and that's that's a double whammy for a small market like memphis mm-hmm. but if you're saying hey these guys give us the best chance to win and winning will bring in more dollars well let's let's talk about maybe getting to the luxury tax but again there kyle anderson is unrestricted tyus jones is unrestricted. Both of them, from their playoff performances and what they've done in their time in Memphis, have been pretty impressive. And they have shown that they both are, are NBA starter quality players. It's just, do you want to leave a, a winning franchise, a winning culture, um, to go to a, a different franchise that might not get you the same type of wins and the same type of recognition for those wins? That's up to them. I look forward to seeing how it works. But you absolutely make both of those dudes' offers and make them the best possible offer you can.
1: So, do you think that the Grizzlies should go out and get a second star to be with y'all? Because since he was missing, it just seemed like that they needed that.
0: No. Or, or,
1: or, or will we just, like, hoping that Jaron Jackson Jr. really improve his game so he can be that second star that the Grizzlies need. I think that's what... Okay.
0: Go ahead, Sharon. What was the other one?
1: Or or, uh, Desmond Bain. Because I know that Desmond was dealing with some back issues or whatever. And, you know, he could have did a little better. But, like, Jaron, you know, he said the things that he needs to work on. But um, do you think that they will go out and get somebody? Or are they just going to keep what they have?
0: I I would expect Um, if I was them, so let me not say I would expect because Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't holler at Zach Kleinman like that. Like, Kleinman and and I ain't going out to lunch, so I really don't know what their mentality is. But if it was me, I think I would think that the pieces are here. You just Mm -hmm. gotta wait a little bit and let them, you know, grow into that role, be it uh, Jaron, Desmond, don't forget Xavier Tillman is playing major. Uh, playoff minutes. Zaire Williams playing major playoff minutes, and Zaire's uh first year in the league. Xavier tillman's second year in the league. Mm-hmm. The Brandon Clark in there.
1: Uh, Desmond Bain second year in the league.
0: Desmond Bain second year. So it it is. Hey, we've got the ingredients. Why not just wait and let them grow together? You know, it's a lot like baking a cake where you get all the ingredients, you get your egg, your flour, your sugar. You know how to bake a cake, Sharon. I don't got to tell you what to do, but you mix everything in a bowl. You put Mm -hmm. put it in the little cake mold and you stick it in the oven. Now it takes time once it gets in the oven to cook. You could very easily say, you know what, screw this. I'm just going to go to the store and buy a cake. But if you've gone through all that trouble, get all of those ingredients, mix them all together, put them in the cake mold and stick it in the oven. Why not wait and see what what the cake comes out like? You know, why not just wait and see if it is as tasty and as moist as, as you desire it to be? And if it is, you don't even need to go to the store. You got it. You got yeah, it. Now, if it's not, then, you know, you you throw the cake away, go to the store and buy you another cake. Um, but it? it's it's too soon to tell with this team, with the, the other guys, not but Jaron, Desmond, Zaire, and, and some of the others. It's too soon to tell whether or not these ingredients are going to um, succeed or fail. So I think you keep rocking with them because they've exceeded expectations every year they, they've been together.
1: Yeah, them ball cakes, you know, like the Lakers in, the, in, in Brooklyn didn't, didn't work out so well.
0: Man, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. They they got the stale joints.
1: Right, 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 right. The Nets
0: dropped their cake on the way into the door. Yeah, like they
1: did. They bought them 20, $20 cakes, you know, when they could have, you know, just got a $5 cake, you know. Put it up in the yeah. oven and and you know and bake it, but you know they was the, trying
0: to you know the Lakers had all the ingredients for a good cake. They traded away Alex Caruso. They traded away. They didn't trade. Excuse me. But they, they let Alex Caruso go. Right, they Let Kyle Kuzma go. They, they went and bought away that twenty dollar cake. Go. They
1: went like, and bought that twenty dollar
0: cake. Come on, man. Like come on, be better than that. Don't do that. And so if you're the Grizzlies, I'm thinking about those teams in particular and other teams that were built like that before the Grizzlies, where you know, you're you're so dependent on two or three guys that if one of those dudes goes down, well, now your season is in real jeopardy, real trouble. Um, don't I, I wouldn't think they want to be built that way. I think that the, quote, we deep uh, sentiments that Taylor Jenkins had has expressed throughout the course of the season and in the playoffs, I think they really as a franchise hold that depth in high esteem. And I'm really, really proud at the way they drafted and the way they worked free agency and the way they've gotten a team put together that while, yes, John Morant is a superstar and is a focal point, when he's out, this is still a really good team. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't expect them to to mortgage away any any players of the future uh, to try and go out there and get somebody right now that may or may not work, may or may not fit. They seem to be, from a general manager's standpoint, from an acquiring of talent standpoint, they seem to be more keen on getting players that are young in the draft or trading for uh, a couple of players on the periphery, not, not superstars or stars necessarily, but really high IQ, really solid role players. So that that feels like it is their their style, from a general manager standpoint. Mm-hmm. So I, I would expect that to continue. I don't think they'll go out there and try and fit any type of package together to get a, a big name free agent or a big name disgruntled superstar on another
1: roster. And, and my thing is this, it's just like you just don't want to bring somebody in that really don't fit with the culture because everything is mm-hmm. good on paper.
0: Mm-hmm. You don't want to
1: bring somebody in to think like I'm the man, all oh, this man. And then it's just like, you have Ja angry, you have Jiren and all the other players angry where they want to be away from her. You don't do that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I would like, you know, that people who's like, trade for this guy, trade for that guy. You you just can't do that. Especially like with a young friend with the young players and everything. They don't They don't want to deal with that. Like they say, they get along, they like each other. You don't want to mess that up. So you have to be very careful, very, very careful because you just don't want you, you want John Murray happy happy as absolutely.
0: possible absolutely and it's again this, this is this team one of the youngest teams to ever make the playoffs and not only make the playoffs but to get to the second round of the playoffs so it is it, it, it takes time it mm-hmm. does don't get impatient don't as, as I steal another franchise's uh <laughs> slogan don't don't rush the process. You got to trust the process, baby. Exactly. Just got to trust that that these players are going to continue to grow and develop. And think about it from from an individual player standpoint. Think about the leap John Morant made from year two to year three, and the leap he made from year one to year two. Think think about the leaps that Jaron has made. Think about the leap Desmond Bain made from year one to year two. If you get those types of leaps from a, a Zaire, mm-hmm. um, you're you're sitting pretty. Pretty. You're sitting pretty good from a a roster construction standpoint because you've got all of these young guys roughly the same age all growing and cutting their teeth at the same time you keep them together and they continue to grow and you, you'll you be looking around looking up and saying okay our expectations year in year out for the next three four or five years is western conference finals and further which is which is great you just got to give it time everything is really really young it is still really really early in this this process um, and they've we've been spoiled, Sharon. It, mm-hmm. Honestly, we've been spoiled. It, year three of John, right? Year three yep. of John, year four of Jared, mm-hmm. yep. Year two of Desmond. And that's your core. Year one is Zaire, I think that's your core. And you can throw other players in and out of there if you want to, but your main core, I think, are those four players. And they're not even in year five yet. And they're already pushing one of the better teams in the NBA, one of the historically great uh, for this decade, for this time period, one of the historically great um, franchises and their, their historically great core and Steph, Clay, Draymond um, and, and Steve Kirk, you throw all of them in there and they push them to six games without the best one of them on the on the court. So give it give it some time. Let them continue to grow and learn and, and just enjoy. Enjoy the ride because it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah.
1: So the story is of this is don't buy no uh expensive bought cake.
0: Don't, it's, it's, if you got the ingredients, Sharon, if you got them at the house, man, just bake you a cake. It come out better anyway. The cake at the store sometimes be be, be dry. You got to be drinking milk or some type of liquid because it be so dry, don't taste good. They mess up the frosting. They don't put enough sprinkles or, or chocolate chips or what have you on the cake. You know what I'm saying? So if you can make it at home, make it at home. Then you can do it the way you want to do it. Make sure you got the buttermilk just right. Make sure You got the frost in the way you like it. You can put all the sprinkles you want or don't put no sprinkles on it. Hell, it's up to you, man. Don't buy store-bought cake. Make it at the house.
1: Yeah, so all the ingredients fit together when you Uh, make it at the house.
0: As long as they all fit together, baby. You know it, make it at the house.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, CJ, for coming on with me. I really enjoyed our conversation. I got to have you on again. And we done? Yeah, we done.
0: Shan, I'm 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 lost. Ain't no basketball to watch today. I'm just gonna sit up here in the house in the dark and and get ready to mourn the end of the NBA season.
1: <laughs> well, thank you for coming on with me.
0: Thank you, Shan. No problem. Anytime. Anytime.